Hey, this is Corey from the Showdown Podcast. When I'm not talking about movies, I'm listening to Set Lusting with Bruce. Welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and joining me today is a wonderful blogger, a passionate Springsteen fan, and uh, I think a little bit of a sports fan based on her uh, Twitter profile, Catherine. How you doing, Catherine? I'm very well, thank you. I'm very well. Thanks for having me on the podcast. I am so thrilled you're joining us. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, it's always fun to share someone. I've really enjoyed the blog. Um, I, thank you. Lately, you talked about tracks, and uh, that's interesting because I'm in the process of I'm having different people join me, and we're ranking every song on every Bruce Springsteen album, one album at a time. And so I'm I've already done tracks disc three and I'm gonna right. try to do all of them and release them all the same week kind of so um it was very that timely. Sounds like a, a fun job. It sounds like a really meaty task, but it sounds like a fun task. It has been fun. Uh I just had Jeff Smith uh we did uh Tunnel of Love and, uh, you know, we talked about it was very easy to pick our bottom song. Um, yeah. And but much tougher, the top songs, you know. Uh, so, yeah, it, it, it's been a fun series. So, uh, Catherine, tell me a little about yourself. Sure. So, um, yeah, I'm, I've been a Springsteen fan uh, coming up for 10 years now. Um so I'm I'm from the UK. I'm from uh, the north of England. Um, I I currently live in a city called Leeds uh, with my husband Andy, who's also a massive Springsteen fan. Um, Bruce actually played here in 2013, but that was before I lived here. Um, I'm originally from a, a small town called Wigan. I've also lived in Manchester and London, um, both of which Bruce has played many times. Um, and yeah, I've just recently started writing a blog where I'm I'm kind of doing the um, top 500 albums from Rolling Stone. Um, but I kind of went off on a tangent a little bit because I was re-listening to tracks a few weeks ago. And I thought, you know what? I really want to write a blog about tracks and about how much I just adore that collection of songs and don't adore some of them. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's kind of me. I'm, I'm a huge music fan. Um, but Springsteen is my, my number one guy. 
Very nice. Um, so um, talk to me about growing up. Uh, what kind of music did your family listen to? I always like, I'm always interested in people's musical origins. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, it sets a bit of context, I suppose. Um, yeah, I was I had a great upbringing. My, both my parents, um, my father sadly passed away when I was younger, but um, e- even in the short eight years I had with my dad, um, and thankfully my mother's still around, I, I had a, a really varied, um, both my parents had really varied music tastes, which I think they've passed on to me and my older brother. Um, so they were always listening to a lot of classic rock music, um, which I think is reflected in some of my other tastes. Um, we always had Fleetwood Mac on in the car. Um, Motown uh, is, is a huge thing for my mum. In fact, that's how my, my parents kind of met. They used to go to um, soul clubs in the north of England, um, and that's how they met. My dad was kind of um, long-haired rocker in the early 70s, and he was a big Queen fan, um, a big Eagles fan, uh, status quo, Zeppelin, um, and my mum also liked her rock too, so she's always been a big Beatles fan, and she absolutely adores Rod Stewart. Um, so we had some really great music playing in the car and in our home when when me and my brother um, were growing up. So you know, a lot of my taste is is kind of old old music. Um, I love anything from the 60s and 70s. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of the the backdrop for <laughs> my music taste now. Um, I, I couldn't say that my parents were massive Springsteen fans, but my dad had, um, I remember distinctly growing up, my dad had um, Born in the USA on vinyl. Um, and I guess in my youth, I didn't think much of it. I didn't, you know, go, oh, I want to listen to that record. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I kind of owe all my music taste to my parents, I think. They, they really gave me and my brother such a great record collection, tape and CD collection that, you know, that, that's had a huge influence on me. Oh yeah, I I can see that. That's that's pretty interesting. Did um once you got into um you know, school, uh high school and and you know, did your music taste change? Did you start finding a little more of uh, you know, modern music? Did you stay in classic rock? No, I think um I think when I when I kind of went to secondary school and then um went to sixth form college around the age of 16, I think that's when I perhaps narrowed my music taste down a little bit. Um, I still always loved the old the old bands that I'd grown up with. Um, Fleetwood Mac has been a constant for me. I've always loved Fleetwood Mac. Um, but I think as I, I got to high school, you know, you're mixing with a different crowd and you're, you're being exposed to new types of music. Um, and I certainly enjoyed a lot of um, the kind of R&B music that was out at that time. Um, some of the more poppy stuff. So I liked Destiny's Child. I liked Usher. I liked Aaliyah. Um, but then as I went to, to sixth form, I kind of really got more into alternative rock and indie music. Um, so I was a huge fan of, uh, and still am a huge fan of the Arcade Fire. Um, I loved a lot of British indie bands, really got into Oasis, Block Party, um, the Libertines. Um, and then also just before I went off to university um, at the age of 18, I kind of became a huge Blondie fan. I really got into Blondie and... Um, some of the other bands that were from the the, the New York New Wave scene, um, the Ramones, obviously is a really great punk band, um, Talking Heads. Um, so yeah, it's kind of developed and narrowed, and um, I, I kind of go back to some of those artists. I'll, I'll go through phases where I listen to just Fleetwood Mac constantly, and then I'll listen to Blondie, 
Um, another artist I really loved and, and kind of got introduced to during my um, college years was Prince. Um, so, you know, I, I was really devastated when he passed a couple of years ago. Um, so yeah, Prince has been a constant and I've actually been getting back into some of his deeper cuts recently. Um, my husband also a huge fan of Prince, so that, that certainly helps. Um, but yeah, I'd say the older I get, the more it kind of narrows, but it also expands too. Um, and as I'm sure we'll get on to, I only actually became a Bruce fan at the age of, oh gosh, how old was I? I was 20 years old when I became a Bruce fan. Yeah, uh, yeah uh, perfect timing. Uh, tell me a little bit about how you discovered Bruce and what spoke to you about him. So, you know, it, it's funny because it was a total accident, um, which is lovely, actually. I, I hear this from a lot of people. They just kind of stumbled upon Bruce. You know, it was never, you know, some big um, revelatory moment. Although, having said that, it, it was kind of a revelation for me to to discover Bruce. Um, so, basically, I was living in Manchester at the time because that's where I went to university. Um, and Bruce would have been on his um, magic tour. I think he just kicked off the magic tour. Um, it wasn't long since Danny uh, Federici had passed. Um, not that I knew any of this back then. Um, but one of my best friends, one of my oldest friends, Alex, she um, she had tickets to see Springsteen in Manchester at Old Trafford Football Stadium, which is also my favourite football team, Manchester United. So um, she didn't have anyone to go with and she had this spare ticket and she was like, oh, come on, you live in Manchester, you know, let, just come with me. And I was like, eh, not really, you know, I was kind of hesitant. I was quite reluctant. Um, I remember the day really well. It, typical Manchester, Northern English weather. It was raining all day, um, steady rain. It was even for May, because it was uh, May 28th, this concert. Um, the weather was not that particularly warm. So I was kind of reluctant. Um, but she kind of said, oh, come on, cat, come on, come on, come, come. It'll be fun. You know, we'll have a good time. And um, the rest the rest is kind of history, Jesse. Um, I yeah. went and um, we were pitch standing. Um, I wasn't into the whole roll call um, thing back then and the, the whole pit queue thing. Um, that was a completely foreign thing to me. Um, so we were we were pitch standing. We were probably on the halfway line of the, the football pitch. And from then on, it has just been 10 years of really joyous, great music and experiences. Um, so, you know, I'm really, really grateful to my friend Alex, because if she hadn't have badgered me to go to that Springsteen concert with her, um, I wouldn't be doing this podcast with you right now. <laughs> you know, what's what's funny, Catherine, and is I say this a lot um, and I'm not unique, but um, I think there's two kinds of people. The people that say uh, they go to their first show and they go, wow, that was a long concert. And then <laughs> the others go, oh, my goodness, I want to sell everything I own and continue seeing this guy every chance I get. Yeah, uh, um, that and, was me. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, me too. Uh, my, my wife was the first kind. Uh, so, uh, you know, we've kind of worked through that. Uh, we have a mixed marriage, uh, but it, it's kind of funny cause, um, you know, there is just something about seeing him live and, and even though, um, you know, especially if you're a casual fan, you know, you won't know a lot of his songs, you know, and all of a sudden though, the, the energy and the joy that they're playing is very uh, captivating. 
yeah, it's, it's magnetic, I think. I mean, from the minute he came out, and I still remember, um, I, I knew maybe two songs back then. I think I knew Dancing in the Dark and Born in the USA, right. which is I assume the, the, maybe the two songs that everyone knows. Um, I didn't even really know Born to Run um, that well, um, but I do know. <laughs> um, so I still remember he came out and he, he launched into No Surrender. He opened with No Surrender. And it was kind of like the, the minute I heard them drums, I was like, oh, this is this is kind of cool, actually. This is this is not going to be because I was worried it was going to be boring. You know, it was wet and it was rainy. And I thought I'm not going to know three quarters of the songs this guy's going to play. And um, it actually turned out to be, you know, one of the most pivotal moments of my life. Um, and I think it, I think something you, you asked me about, you know, what what was it about Bruce? Um, I think I think you've nailed it, though, is that you can listen to his records and you can definitely enjoy them and fall in love with them. But I think when you see him live doing what he does, um, it, it's a game changer, um, you know, because I think I'd kind of misunderstood him based on I only knew him from Born in the USA. So I think I kind of just misunderstood him as some run of the mill 80s rocker guy who probably had a bit of a career for a few years Um but I was I was just captivated by him, by the, the breadth of his songs and the, the depth of his songs. Um, he was so entertaining. His banter with the crowd was um, it was so genuine. You know, it wasn't forced. Um, and I think that's something that's you know really true about Bruce. You know, you really feel the love that he has for his fans. And for me, then I, I kind of just realized he was so much more than that. You know, that Born in the USA record. He was more way more than that. Um, and that was it. Um it was, it, you know, it was just a really great moment in my life. Uh, it changed everything. You know, what's what's funny, Catherine, is um, uh, on the River Tour, my son, who's currently, he'll be 29 in a, in a couple of weeks, uh, but he was sure. 27 at the time. We went to Oklahoma City to see a show, and he was just going to spend the weekend with his dad. You know, yeah. this was, this had, you know, okay. Dad seems to be obsessed with this guy. Um, you know, come on, we'll we'll go. And um, and on the way home, you know, I hit recorder on the app I had on my phone, and we talked about it. And you know, he said it was really good, and and he was struck by one how much fun the band was having, but the other yeah. thing he said is, you know. Bruce doesn't play. He and and he and what he meant by that is he says, you know, the moment one song ends, they barely take a breath and he's counting down the next one. Yeah. You know, he's just like, you know, he ain't there to play. If you aren't if you aren't ready, you're going to be in trouble. He says that other band members, they had to, oh my goodness. You know, and and I think that's true. I mean, they um, – and I know back in the old days, and I was not lucky enough to see him in the 70s or even the 80s. I didn't see him until <laughs> 2002. Uh, it sure. was my first live show. So I'm similar to you. You know, I know he told a lot of stories. But, you know, now then, it's just pop, 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 you know, one song after another. And it's just – I love that. Yeah, yeah, it's a great energy. There's it, so much energy. Yes, that well said, exactly. Um, so I always like to say this: um, the amount of times you've seen Bruce is not a fair barometer of what kind of fan you are. Um, I always think that's unfair. That 
especially during this Broadway run where I've seen yeah. Bruce over yeah. 200 times and I wasn't a verified fan and yeah, yeah. you know um but I am curious so how many times have you seen him I'm at 10 now 10 times all right you've hit double digits Yes, and uh, a lot of them, most of them were on the River Tour in 2016. I, I kind of doubled my tally on that tour. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, I I had the the same thing. Uh, you know, I was, uh, you know, I was able to see him five times on the River Tour. Uh, yeah. And, and it was just, my wife asked the question, because as I said, she is not a, a strong fan um and she you know she said you know he's doing the river are are you sure i mean are you not bored and i i said well (laughs) um i said the songs i didn't like the first time i still don't like them uh i said but no it hasn't bothered me at all because it's just been so interesting I found seeing someone in their 60s revisit these these songs they wrote from you know that in their late 20s 30s. Yeah, uh, it's quite something. Quite it an was. And uh, I was not a big fan of um, Independence Independence Day. You know, I didn't dislike it. I just didn't mm-hmm. care much about it. So I saw it live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, so I, you know, I loved that really became one of my favorite moments of the show. Yeah. So very cool. So talk to me a little bit. Um, are there albums or songs that mean a lot to you that you have a special have meant something to you because of your life or uh, circumstances? Yeah, so there's, there's, I mean, I think you could listen to any album and probably pick something out that meant something to you from a personal level. So I, I kind of had to really think about this this morning when I was writing some notes. By the way, I, I appreciate, I, I, not to interrupt, I appreciate you doing homework. You tweeted <laughs> your little um, sheet and I was like, okay. Yeah, my I felt, journal. I felt a little guilty that... Um, you know, I felt like I had been the teacher assigning homework over the weekend. No, this but, is my perfect kind of homework. I say I okay. love this homework. Okay. But I was very honored you were putting some work into it. I love preparing myself. Um, you know, I, I, there's things I'll forget and I wanted to, you know, there's certain things I want to talk about, you know, when we're going through this conversation. So I thought I'd better write this down or else I'll kick myself if I come off the call and I've forgotten something. <laughs> Um, so I wrote a, a little list of I tried to narrow it down as best I can and I got it down to six albums, which is not a small number, but you know. So I guess I guess for me I might as well start. My favorite album is Tunnel of Love. Um so it was interesting before hearing you say you're you're trying to figure out your favorite. You always know better what your your worst worst song, I don't want to use that word, but your least favorite song. Um for me, Tunnel of Love, um I, I only it wasn't one of the first albums I listened to when I started to kind of discover more of his music. You know, I went with Born to Run, Darkness, Born in the USA. Um, it was the more kind of, I suppose, the easier records to, to crack into um, as a new Bruce fan, in, in my view. Um, but when I listened to Tunnel of Love, 
I was at a really difficult point in my life, um, going through some really bad personal stuff. And um, it, it was catharsis. Um, and Tunnel of Love has always been that record for me. It's my favourite record of his because it's so personal, it's so raw. Um, and he's so vulnerable, um, totally exposes himself on that record about, you know, personal difficulties he was going through, his marriage breakdown. Um, and that just meant a lot to me. It was like therapy through music. Um, and funnily enough, even though it's my favourite album, I don't listen to it a lot. Uh, but when I do, it's when I'm going through a difficult time. Uh, and I find a lot of, um, yeah, I, I find a lot of catharsis in that album. Um, so, yeah, that's my that's my favourite album. I suppose the next album um, would be Born to Run. Um, it's just a, from start to finish, just an incredible album. You know, every time I listen to it, I'm always just struck. It doesn't matter how many times I've listened. I'm just struck by just the consistent quality of the songs, the lyrics, the story it paints. Um, because so many of the songs on Born to Run are just really visual. It's the imagery, it's the characters. Um, it's something I really love about Bruce's music. I, I touched upon it in my blog about tracks. Is you know he paints a picture through the music and through the lyrics. It's you know you can imagine these characters in your head. It's it's great. It really is. Um, and also it contains what I think is Bruce's finest um, achievement in music, which is Backstreets. It's, just an absolutely incredible song. And I know people will argue with me about that, but for me, I think it's the greatest thing he's ever written, um, Backstreet. So, um, um, I, I'm not arguing with you. I'm just curious. Why, why do you say that? I, I don't know. Cause I, I used to think it was jungle land. Um, so Backstreet's was one of those songs that I chased for a long time. And he always seemed to play it at concerts that I could never get tickets for or the timing didn't work out. So I think it's it's taken on a bit of that kind of mystery for me. Um, and I finally got it when I was at um, the MetLife concerts in 2016. He played it on night two at the MetLife concert. Um, so that was just a, a really um, great moment. I don't know. There's something about the song. Um, it <laughs> It's such a kind of heartbreaking song, but it's so, again, it comes back to that imagery for me. There's something so very New Jersey about it and what he's talking about, you know, summer nights and being with friends and, you know, poor kids who are just hanging out around the streets and it all kind of falls apart. And yeah. some of the lyrics in there just, just blow me away every time, you know, um, I was listening to it yesterday. Actually, it came up on my, um, I was listening to Bruce and it just came up on shuffle. I was like, it's one of those songs that I can never skip. Um, you know, tr trying to learn out what like the heroes we thought we had to be. Um, it's just incredible. And from a music point of view as well, I, I just love it. You know, it's that whole crescendo it builds up to. Um, and Roy's piano work, I think, is, is sublime. I think he's one of the most underrated members of the band, Roy, what he brings with the way he plays the piano. Um, it's, it's the kind of thing I can't really articulate very well, Jesse, but it's just there's something about that song that is just, I don't know, it's really captivated me in the last couple of years in particular. I think I always appreciated that song, but now it's just, I don't know, it's taken on a whole new level for me, and now I've finally seen it live. I, it was one of the greatest moments of my life. Now, you mentioned being in the Met Life. Um, mm -hmm. What show were you at? I was at all three of them. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was um, that was quite the experience. Me and my husband, or he wasn't my husband at the time, um, we actually got engaged um, in in the US. We got engaged at Asbury Park. Um, oh, nice. 
So one of my my stories I was going to tell was just around that. I mean, it's not a big story, but we we went out to America uh, for two and a half weeks. Um, he surprised me. He he sorted all all my um, holiday out with my boss, so he was kind of really sneaky about it. And then he just surprised me one day on Facebook and he said, oh, by the way, we're going to the three MetLife concerts. And I was like, oh, my God, like this is a dream for me. I'm seeing Bruce in New Jersey. Um, And we spent the first weekend before the the first show kicked off. um, We went down to Asbury Park for two nights, um, stayed at the Empress right on the front. Um, and on the Saturday night, the, the 20, or was it the Friday night? Oh, I can't remember now. Saturday. It was the 21st of August. Um, we'd been to the Stone Pony um, to watch uh, Frank Turner and Flogging Molly. We went with some of our close friends um, who, who Andy had already met in previous shows in America, but it's the first time I'd seen Bruce in America. So I was meeting some of our close friends for the first time and, uh, we had a drink in the Stone Pony after the, the gig and then we went on the beach and it was a stunning night, proper summer August night. Um, and the moon was huge. Um, and he got down on one knee and proposed. And that's probably been the, the greatest gift that Bruce has given me was my husband. So and then we had, you know, we were engaged then. So we we're like, oh, my God, I know we still got three shows to look forward to. This is like the best holiday ever. <laughs> Did, um, so I. I want your. That's by the way a lovely story, and and I, I'm I now um, I'm in love with your husband. So um, you know I think that's just so romantic. So, it is. Um, so Chris and I, Chris is my son. Uh, we went to the second show. Okay. Uh, yeah, we flew in, and um, and then the day after the show, I did Stan Goldstein's. You know, tour of the Jersey yes, Shore. Yes, we did it too. Yeah, yeah, uh, just was, amazing. I, um, you know, Stan's been on the show, and uh, by the way, shout out to Stan. He's going through a little health issues. Uh, we wish you the best, Stan. You know, we love you. Absolutely. Get well soon, Stan. Yeah. So, um, and so everyone was talking about the first show and how amazing it was. And I will be honest with you, Catherine, I was like, okay, did I miss it? You know, okay, you know, did we pick the wrong night to come? And so, and I've seen him 15 times. Um, And by far, if I had to pick one show, it would be that second show. Um, You know, he opened again, you know, with the strings. Yeah. Yeah. he did Jack of all trades with the strings, which I, Jack of all trades is, um, it reminds me of my stepfather, um, right. so much. Cause he was that kind of guy that, yeah. you know, was a Jack of all trades and, and my mom sure. and him went through a lot of tough financial times. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then, um, you know, uh, tougher than the rest, which is my son's favorite song. And then, you know, during Jersey Girl, when the couple get engaged. Oh, I was in tears. I was in absolute tears. Well, I can only imagine, Catherine, I get in tears, and I've been married over 30 years. Yeah. But to you, just, you had just been engaged, right? Yes, we had, yeah. So it was really emotional, yeah. And and when, and I t- I'm tearing up right now just talking about it, because I, when I pull up that video, and yeah. when Bruce goes... Because that is the first time I'd heard him do Jersey Girl. 
you know, and it's in Jersey. Um, you know, yeah. we're almost Sorry. at a four hour show. Um, and you know, when he says, what's going on? Yeah. You know, and he says, well, do you it see right. Motion, couldn't you? you could see a yeah. bit of something. No, like, <laughs> somebody play the damn guitar. And, you know, and, and, you know, he waves off trying to get a, uh, you know, the guy waves off trying to get a picture. He's like, no, no, no. I just want to enjoy this moment. And then when Bruce says, give her a little dance. And when he changed <laughs> the lyrics and I will, you know, and marry me, I just lose it. And it's amazing moment. And, and I, it's the only show where at the end, I didn't want one more song. Yeah, it was the perfect ending. It, it you know, a I, perfect I, night. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah. Um, you know, the weather was uh, comfortable. We were worried about the rain, but it was just, you know, yeah, it was, we had rain earlier in the day when we were yeah. in um, for the lottery, and uh, yeah, we were worried that it was going to threaten, yeah, um, a storm or something. But no, it was the perfect night. And yeah, and Catherine, you know, I just I don't know about you, but I'm greedy, you know. And at the end of every <laughs> show, I'm like. Oh, that was great, but just one more, Bruce, one more. Yeah. And in fact, when I was at Louisville, um, they they you know he had he had finished the show, he had done Thunder Road, everyone was leaving. I saw Max give someone his drumsticks, and all of a sudden Bruce picked up the car, guitar, and uh, it was like hey, I just don't feel like I've done enough. You know, and he did Bobby Jean, and it felt yeah. like this bonus. Like uh, what I told people is, it felt like on that Christmas afternoon when you like, oh wait, there's one present underneath the yeah, tree that we forgot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But on that yeah. August 25th night, it it truly felt like I I have eaten all I can eat from the all you I've eaten my fill at the all you can eat buffet. Yeah. I I can't take another bite. And um, now, within two or three days later, I was ready to go to another show. For that one night, I was sated. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, it was special. I, it yeah, was, it was. Special. It really was special. Um, that That's, boy, that's, I tell you what, talk about a memorable engagement. Uh, that's that's beautiful. It was one for the, the fairy tales, the storybooks. You know, it's we, you know, we met because of Bruce. We we met uh, we met through Twitter. Okay. Um, and we kind of met a few times because I was living in London, and um, you know, there's various meetups and things that happen with Bruce fans. We meet up, we go to see gigs and stuff together. So you know, you get to know a lot of people, which is one of the greatest things about being a Bruce fan: the community and the, the friendships you make. And um, yeah, landed myself a husband, so <laughs> it's great. Both both massive Bruce fans, and yeah, getting engaged in Asbury was unforgettable. You know, one of the great things, and there is there's a lot of things that are ugly about the internet. Um, there yeah. can be um, trolls and people that are, you know, when you get into politics and. And yeah. people are less than kind, and and I was I've been a little, um, a little disappointed in my some of my Springsteen brothers and sisters about this whole Broadway thing and and how they've reacted to that. Sure. But there is beauty in 
um, you know, the way I'm able to do this podcast is because of social media, Twitter, Facebook is, you know, and, and, you know, it's Sunday morning for me, Sunday afternoon for you. And we're, you know, I'm having a lovely conversation with someone that I hope to meet one day, but I may never meet in person. But we have this bond because of our mutual love of Bruce and the fandom. And I just think that's amazing. It is. It's really amazing. And like you say, I think the Internet can be an incredibly ugly place. Um, And sometimes it's not very much in line with the values that I think Bruce tries to, um, you know, write into his music around community and togetherness and, you know, getting through difficulties. Uh, and I'm sure I've been on the receiving end of that. And I'm sure some people have some, seen my tweets and gone, I completely disagree with her. She's talking rubbish. Um, but yeah, it's one of the great things. Without without Twitter, um, you know, we won't be having this conversation. And without Twitter, I, I wouldn't have my husband. And, you know, it's it, it does have a, a, a really good side to it too. Yeah. Um, and, and so I, yeah, I, I love that idea that, you know, not only did you um... – you know, met other people, but you found, you know, your your best friend and partner, you know, your companion on this part of the ride is yeah. how I always talk about my wife. Um, yeah. I'm a, I'm a huge Doctor Who fan as well. So the, ah, okay. <laughs> so the word companion kind of has a double yes. meaning for me for that. Yes, the and, doctor's companion, yeah. Yeah, uh, which, by the way, you mentioned, um, you know, the weather you know, there in Manchester the first <laughs> night. Um, I I promise um, my Bruce fans, we will not stand this long. But I'm always going when I watch, especially the Tom Baker era, like, isn't he just burning up in this? And then I realize that the climate in England, it's much cooler. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's a lot. It's very cold today, Jesse. I'm looking out my window in our um, office right now, and we've had snow this morning. I know the East Coast has had it really bad, so I can't complain. So I know the East Coast in the U.S. got battered by it. So, yeah. but yeah, it's very cold today. <laughs> <laughs> very nice. Um, uh, so, talk about the blog. Tell me why you decided to. Um, start writing uh, was it a creative itch you had or yeah I think it was um, I've always enjoyed writing and I think when I was young I did a lot more of it and um, in, in the way a lot of things go I grew up and kind of you know got got a job bought a house got a husband and um, some of those you know passions you have kind of you don't have time for them or you don't have the energy for them Um so, you know, I love New Year because New Year, it always feels like a blank slate. Um, and I know most people, we make resolutions at New Year and we keep them for maybe two weeks. But um, I'm really, really trying to keep um, this resolution to myself that I would, you know, get back to some of the things I used to enjoy doing. Um, one of those is journaling, which is why I use my journal now for, for actually handwriting some stuff. Um, And I wanted to pick back up my blog because I'd written a few blogs about Bruce maybe four or five years ago. And I I really enjoyed them. That was a really good, um, again, catharsis, I think, for me. 
um, especially at a time maybe five years ago, I was going through some more rough stuff and it was an outlet, I guess. Um, and it was a way of expressing some stuff that was going on for me and how Bruce's music was helping me through that. Um, so yeah, it was a creative itch. It was a desire to get back to writing and it was also, you know, dovetail beautifully with my love of music and thinking, well, I, I kind of want to write about the records I'm listening to. You know, I listen to a lot of music during the week, um, mainly when I'm commuting into work um, and if I'm in the car um, or just, you know, lazing around on a Saturday afternoon. I thought, well, instead of trying to really, you know, work hard to find things to talk about, just talk talk about music. Um, and like I said, I'm, I'm doing this thing where I'm listening to all 500 of Rolling Stone's greatest albums um, but I also want to kind of intertwine that with with listening to some Bruce stuff because um, I've got quite a, a way to go to get to his albums on that list because he's you know he's more towards the bottom end yeah um, because you know he's he's that great so I thought I'm you know and, and tracks like I said I just kind of one day I was like oh, I'm gonna listen to all tracks again I want to you know revisit some of that and um, I just really had this thing I thought I got to write a blog about tracks and the response from people's been great because. I've written blogs in the past and you might get one or two people uh, and it's always really devastating to see that someone's visited and it's a bot and you're like, oh, great, I've got bots reading my blog, but no one else is. Yeah. Um, but this, yeah, this this post I wrote about um, tracks really seems to have got people chatting and I've had some really, really lovely feedback and I've had some really funny conversations with people about it because they disagree with some of the stuff I said, but always in a really nice kind of humorous way, you know. Because um, I don't like Bishop danced, and that seems to have got a lot of anger from people. <laughs> but in a, in a nice way, that like, you don't like Bishop danced? How can you? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, it's just not for me. Um, but yeah, I think now the more I'm writing it and the more conversations I'm having, it's kind of building some momentum. So I'm going to keep writing. Um, I love music. I love writing. So I'm going to write about music. That is awesome. Um, what is. Has there anything that specifically surprised you about, um, you know, going through, and I assume you're starting at 500 and working your way up. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Is um, there anything that surprised you so far? Do you mean about doing the, the top 500? Yeah. Like as you go, I don't think I'd like this album and yeah, I yeah. did or <laughs> – um, you know, is there or maybe an album where you go, oh, I'm I'm going to really like this one. And then when you actually look at it, you go, oh, I don't this one did not you know, yeah. hold up. Definitely. Yeah. So I'm on I think so. I've, I've got a blog post scheduled to go out later today. That's about I've, I've kind of gone back to the 500 this week. Um, and. Uh, that was a, an album called Voodoo by uh, an American R&B soul singer called D'Angelo. And okay. um, I thought I'd really like that album. And actually, I thought it was it was OK. It was kind of mediocre. Um, so, yeah, there has been some surprises. And then the blog I did the week before I wrote the tracks blog was um, the debut album by Steve Earle, um, Guitar Town. And I was kind of like, I've never really heard of this guy. I, I don't think I'm going to like this. He's a country singer. and I'm not, you know, it's not really my bag. And I absolutely loved the album. I loved it. It was um, a total surprise for me. And then I, I told someone at work and they're a really big Steve Earle fan. So now I'm kind of getting into Steve Earle. And, 
yeah, that's been really great way of, of discovering new music and surprising myself and also challenging myself to listen to some records I wouldn't normally do because of my own kind of tastes. Um, so, yeah, that's that's been quite surprising, but in a really good way. You know, I, I would be the same way that um, and every once in a while, I can't talk about it for music, but I can talk about it for. Um, every once in a while, I'll watch a classic movie because, well, I'm supposed to. And um, the original, um, The Day the Earth Stood Still, the black and white version, you know, I watched it. Oh, okay, I don't have anything else to do. I'll watch this. And was amazed at how good of a movie it was. Yeah. Even, you know, it, it like, oh, there's a reason why this is considered a classic. Yeah, you know, it is. And, and so I think that's uh, I don't know if I have the discipline to do that, but I'm I'm wondering if, you know, uh, I love the idea of the discipline you're doing this and the idea of going through that. I have a good friend, um, Sam, who is, um, you know, big Bob Dylan, a big Bruce fan, but he also really loves. Americana music, and I think that's kind of where Steve Earle goes into that. You know, yeah. This Americana music, and uh, a little bit country, a little bit rock and roll, and yeah. Steve Earle was um, there was a HBO series called Treme, which was set in New Orleans after Katrina, and he played a part in it, and uh, had did a couple of songs, and and. I really like those songs, and so I'm. I may have to go check back that album and kind of listen to it and um, get back to you and visit. Um, that's and and I love the discipline because um, that's what I do with a podcast. I try to, as you saw, you know, I try to schedule um, interviews in advance so that way um, I I always have another one scheduled. I yeah. try to have three or four in the can so that yeah. I can make sure I have a consistent, you know, episode uh, ready to go um, in case real life interferes. Like during the holidays, my <laughs> lovely bride's like, okay, I need you not to podcast during the holidays. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, yes, I, that, that's Completely a reasonable request. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is, that is lovely. Um, What's next on your uh, – what's the next album you're going to be listening to and talking about? So I'm trying to remember now because I, I had a feeling you might ask me this and my my mind is failing me. I have a, I have a feeling it might be Parliament. Okay. You know, George, George Clinton. Oh, yeah. That could be fun. Yeah, well, I yeah. Yeah, definitely up my street. You know, I love that kind of 70s funk, soul elements of disco all kinds of craziness going on i think it might be that but yeah we'll see but whatever it is i think it gets a reaction from me in some way then you know it's doing something right yeah so um i um jay armstrong has been on the podcast he is a high school english teacher and um he did an episode where he broke down thunder road as a poem and and compared it to robert frost uh the road less traveled and it's it's a really fun episode it's a very deep episode but at the end of it 
he always asked this class, and I like to bring this up to my listeners, um, does Mary get in the car? Because they don't give that answer in the film. Now, in the actual album, you know, he says, I'm pulling out here to win. When he does it live, he says, we're pulling it out here to win. So your thought, does Mary get in the car at the end of Thunder Road? Well, you've like blown my mind though, because I never realized that before. <laughs> That's what I did too when I first heard this, and um, just oh, oh my god, yeah, like do, does she does she? <laughs> so um, just while you're thinking, I'll give you. Jay thinks she doesn't. He thinks that she's too afraid. That um, that when the the singer, the protagonist, is saying, you know throw away, you know, your fears and, you know, join yeah. us. Get he, in the yeah. he believes she's too paralyzed that she can't make that choice. And he ends up driving away by himself. And that's one of the reasons why he loves the car, the song. I said, I grew up watching Walt Disney movies with happy endings. And so yeah. therefore I believe <laughs> she does get in the car because I want to believe in the happy ending. I want that Hallmark Channel movie, you know, experience where, of course, she gets in the car. and The guy that, gets the girl, of course. Yeah. So, um... Oh, that, you, I feel like you've, like, blown open my belief system here. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with, yeah, she gets in the car, because that's what I've always believed, and I, I'm a bit like you. I do like the happy ending, so I'm going to say, yeah, she does. Well, I will tell you, um, you should listen to Thunder Road again. I from will that perspective. Yeah. Um, I also ask my husband what he thinks. I'm going to yeah. see what he thinks. Yeah. I, I also <laughs> recommend. Um, there was a guy um, earlier this year wrote a wonderful blog of Mary's side of Thunder Road. It was a comedy, you know, talking about. Okay. And um, I had. Um, if you look for the episode, it's earlier this year. I okay. had one of my friends read that, and I. In, I incorporated Thunder Road in it, and it's it's pretty funny. So um, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, yeah that's why it's quite yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, so um, I I kept you. Thank you for a lovely talk. But I a couple more questions. Sure. So um, let's. Bruce gets finished with Broadway. Yeah. Um, maybe he'll go to London. There's rumors that he may want yeah. to do a stage there at London's yeah. theater district. But let's yeah, say I think, I think that might happen. I mean, yeah. I'm gonna have to sell my house to go. <laughs> but, <yeah. laughs> um, but let's say um, when the E Street Band is touring again, mm -hmm. are there songs that you've not heard him sing, or you've only heard a couple of times that you would want to hear again? Is you know you got your little yeah. bingo card that you want to check off. Yeah, so I think I think I've been really, really quite blessed with the River Talks. I I tick quite a few off on that. So I, I got Backstreets, I got Serenade, which I never thought in my entire life I would ever hear. Because um, I think the only other time he's played that out of the US was in Italy in 2013. So to get that was incredible. Um, I've got Secret Garden. I, that was amazing. Um, I've been really, really quite blessed. But the, yeah, there's a couple. So um, 
one one of them actually is um, loose ends, and I know a lot of people will have heard loose ends live, um, but I've always missed it. I've always just missed it. Again, it seems to be one of those songs that he's played at other shows, um, but never one I've been at. And you know, it's one of the ones I'll keep chasing. Hopefully, if when the band decides to go on tour again, um, I would love to get Blood Brothers, but I don't think I I'm not sure that I'll ever get played again live. I don't know, but. Um, I see signs for it, um, but there was loads of signs for it at MetLife. But no, I, I don't know. He must see them. He must see those signs for Blood Brothers. But I think that song is kind of, it's so iconic in the whole East Street folklore. Um, I guess he, I don't know. I, I feel that it means something incredibly personal and emotional to him, um, especially now that Clarence and Danny are gone. So I'm not sure we'll ever get that, but. You know, come true. <laughs> yeah, uh, when um, when I had to um, I had to when I was going to write up something, um, I was um, had was earlier this year fighting earlier last year um, fighting colon cancer. Um, that last line that that special verse he made. You know, for that live show where yeah, um, live in New York City, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yes, I, I that would be on my list too. I, I love that final verse and that it is so wonderful. And, and so, yeah, that would be on my list too. Absolutely. Um, I am. I I did want to know uh, how did you pick spare parts and broken hearted to name your blog that. <laughs> um so um i i as i said tunnel of love my favorite album um and i love that song i just love it i'd love to hear that actually that would be one because i think spur parts is is an absolute rocker it's you know it's a really great song um and actually with some really dark um you know lyrics and content when you you know you really think about what the song's about and i just i love that line spare parts and broken hearts keep the world turning i'm like yeah, that that is kind of what we're all dealing with, isn't it? At some point, we're all we all get our heart broken at some point. Okay. Um, and it does keep the world turning, but I don't know. I just I really liked it. I used to have a um, I used to have a Tumblr blog, um, and that's always been my name on there. And I was kind of like I was trying to think of um, another Bruce esque name, and I thought, you know what? I've I've always loved spare parts and broken hearts. I'm just going to reuse it. Um, oh, I think it's so yeah, no, no big reason that I love that song, and I wish he'd play it more. <laughs> yeah, I love that. So, uh, before I let you go, really, you hate Lions Den that much? Oh, you know, I used to like it. I used to like it, but I just—it's far too cheesy for me. <laughs> um, but then I love Hungry Heart. I've got a tattoo of Hungry Heart on my arm, so and a lot of people think Hungry Heart is hella cheesy. So yeah, no, it is. You know, it's very funny. You know. Lions Den would be one of the rare songs that I would love to hear live. I I I love the for the very reason I love the kind of pop thing of it. Um yeah. so yeah. I, I tend to um that you know and that's I think the beauty of tracks is you know um you know there's right one man's trash and another man's treasure, you know Absolutely. the old saying and so I think that's perfect. Uh that's that's awesome just picking at you a little bit. Uh, so, it's fine. Don't yes, worry. It yes. wasn't the reaction I got to uh, Bishop's dance was far more um, aggressive. <laughs> yeah. See, I I have to be nice. I, I I can't. You know because 
just because, um, you know, I, it, you know, there. Are, so here's my confession: uh, I'm not that big of a fan of Jungle Land. You know, and, and really, and, and, I have I, heard people I, say this. Very few, but yeah, I've yeah, heard it. and it, and I think it. You know, my friend Sam says, well, it's because, um, you know, you tend to not like the early. He's trying to be Bob Dylan-ish, you know, and 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 it's not that. It's just that it doesn't speak to me emotionally. Um, now. Obviously, the sax solo is amazing, and yeah. uh, you know, and and the epic feel of it, but it's just not, uh, it's not one of my favorites. You know, I certainly won't say that it's a night with the Jersey Devil, which I think is <laughs> arguably his worst song. Uh, though, no offense for people who love Jersey Devil. <laughs> uh, Catherine, this has been a joy. What? Um, yes, it has. It's if, been wonderful. Uh, if someone wants to reach you, uh, give them their t your Twitter account and uh, how to find the blog. Yeah, so my Twitter handle is at um, Seafleet Shuffle. So kind of like E Street Shuffle, but Seafleet Shuffle. Awesome. Um, and my blog is on WordPress.com. So that is Spur Parts and Broken Hearts. WordPress.com, and that's all one word, spare parts and broken hearts. Yeah, and I will have this on the show notes. Um, any final thoughts or anything you want to share? I guess it's just been really nice to, to talk and, and to kind of talk about my own little Bruce journey. Um, I'm just really glad I decided to help my friend out in 2008, to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's Bruce has brought me 10 years and um, hopefully more of, of just joy, love and friendships. Um, I never knew a guy with, a, a, you know, one guitar in a band could bring such a um, such joy to a, a simple northern lass from England. So, yeah. It's... And I hope people will will, you know, listen to this and, you know, connect with me through Twitter, through my blog. Um, I just like talking about Bruce. So let's talk. Yes. And um this has been fairly painless, right? Yeah, it's been great. I really enjoyed. I was a little nervous, you know, because I was like, oh, I hope I'm like, in, you know, interesting enough to, you know, people listening to the podcast and be like, this girl's boring, you know, like. <laughs> so you it's know. actually been really nice. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, I get that a little bit where people, um, you know, oh, my story's boring, and I go, no, everyone's Springsteen story is interesting, and and we love sharing it. So Absolutely. thank you. I appreciate that. Um. If you want to be on the podcast like Catherine and talk about Bruce and your Springsteen journey, send me an email at setlustingbruce at gmail.com. We have a Facebook page, Set Lusting Bruce. If you could go and like that, I'd appreciate it. Um, iTunes, if you rate and review the podcast, I will be forever grateful. It is the best way for people to find us. Uh, my personal Twitter is at Jesse Jackson DFW. And the show's Twitter is at SetLustingBruce. Um, so, Catherine, I'm going to end with lying here in the dark. You're like an angel on my chest. Just another tramp of hearts crying tears of faithfulness. Remember all the movies, Terry, we'd go to see? Trying to learn to walk like the heroes we thought we had to be. And after all this time to find out we're just like the rest, stranded in the park and forced to confess. To hiding on the back streets, hiding on the back streets, where we swore forever, friends, 
on the back streets until the end. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you, listeners. We'll talk to you soon. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.